Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program, live and underway. Glad to have you. We do this show each weekday at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Indiana football gearing up for a real challenge against Michigan coming up this weekend. So obviously we'll begin to get into that big, big challenge for the Hoosiers. They will be, they are already, with some of the early lines out, a big underdog in that game, as you might expect. Uh, But lots going on. It's such a busy time right now in high school sports. And I know we talk football on the program. We talk basketball when we get to that season especially. And I try to highlight other great teams we have, other great players, maybe Division I commitments here in the area. So we do talk some of the other sports. But right now you've got soccer tournament going on. Last night, New Albany, a winner over rival Jeffersonville up at Seymour in a first-round soccer game. You've got cross-country conference championships going on. Floyd Central swept both of the Hoosier Hills Conference Championships, and O'Borden has had some success in cross-country in the Southern Athletic Conference here recently as well. Uh, Just a busy time. Volleyball, state tournament just around the corner. Be interesting to see who wins some of the local sectionals there, and can we have another opportunity for a local team in volleyball, maybe to go to a state championship match or win a state championship. We've had a lot of that in recent years, but just a really busy time and a really good sports time, not just with college football rolling and college basketball on deck, Hoosier hysteria on Friday night, but so many things going on right now. Sunday, we'll find out the football tournament pairings. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll cover uh, that. We'll have that broadcast from Indianapolis. I think it's 5 p.m. on Sunday when the sectional pairings and the state tournament path for our football teams will be released. So just a really good sports time. It's uh, fall time, and uh, the winter is ahead. Football and basketball dominating, but so many other headlines that uh, we can talk about and spend some time on as well. Just kind of wanted to highlight all the things going on in our area right now. Just a very, very busy time. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, because of how busy of a time it is, we have so many headlines to get to that I think you'll find interesting today. A number of IU basketball recruiting items. Mike Woodson, also a guest recently on John Rothstein's College Basketball Today podcast. I've got that one queued up. I've not been able to listen to it yet, but uh, some good stuff in that uh, from what I understand. Also a couple IU football things to get to, some local stuff as well. Uh, a busy headline segment to open the show here on this Tuesday. Later in the hour, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. He's our lone guest today, and we'll break down IU football and what went right, what went wrong against Nebraska. I think we uh, know at this point what's been going right and wrong basically each week 
for this IU football team, but we'll break it down more with Mike. We'll talk about the Michigan game coming up. We'll talk about Hoosier hysteria on Friday night and so much more from an IU perspective with him a little bit later in the hour. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. Love to get your questions and comments and text about IU football, basketball, local sports, questions for our guest, uh, anything you want to say. Within reason, we'll get it on the air in some form or fashion. The Thornton's text line number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Let's get into our headlines and start with some IU basketball stuff, recruiting stuff specifically. First off, Good news for the Hoosiers, uh, Derek Queen, who is the number 17 overall prospect in the 2024 class, has set up some additional official visits, and uh, he was recently at Indiana the weekend of September 9th and uh, appeared to have a good time there. He had some really positive things to say in a recent interview I saw on 247 Sports about Coach Woodson and the people at Indiana in general. Also, a visit coming up to Maryland uh, and uh, looking at another visit as well to uh, Auburn and possibly Arizona as well. He mentioned he could take a visit to Seton Hall. So Indiana getting in there early with Derek Queen, who really has become a big name on the national level, and uh, Indiana one of the early schools to get an official visit from him. A little closer to home, Kenya Hunter, IU assistant coach, is going to be, uh, or was, I should say, out at Kokomo High School yesterday to see Flory Bedunga, a top five class of 2024 prospect. That's good because Kenya sees him at Kokomo on Monday night, and then Flory will be at Indiana or is scheduled to be at Indiana, Bloomington, uh, on Friday night for Hoosier Hysteria. And we'll cover more as the week goes on about the growing list of recruits that we're aware of that should be at the event on Friday night for Hoosier Hysteria. Again, it's a huge recruiting night. The, all of these early kickoff practices are with the music and the lights and the special effects and the crowds and so forth. Uh, a lot of it is built around recruiting. As a fan, you want to see the team scrimmage and play. You're either going to get very little of that or none of that on Friday in Bloomington, unfortunately. But recruits will be able to take in the sights and sounds and everything that IU basketball is, at least from a promotional standpoint. It will be nothing like a Big Ten game at Assembly Hall. We all understand that, but that's what Hoosier Hysteria is, and there's going to be a big list of people that will be uh, in Bloomington coming up on Friday night. Also, another note, I, I missed this over the weekend, or actually late last week, but a really interesting player, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn. He's originally from Lafayette, Indiana. I first saw him when he was a middle schooler. He was going to go or did go to McCutcheon High School uh, for his freshman year, transferred out to a prep school out west, and has bounced around a few times in his prep career since then. But he committed uh, late last week to Illinois. Uh, I always thought he was a very intriguing prospect. You might remember he was initially very early on committed to Purdue, uh, but has since rerouted, opened his recruiting up, and uh, has also uh, now committed to Illinois. So Lawhorn, uh, Gibbs Lawhorn going to stay in the Big Ten. 
It's not going to be at rival Purdue, but it is going to be at nearby Illinois. And he just has the makings of a of a point guard, a player that I think could do really well. And I'd be surprised if he doesn't turn in to quite the player for Illinois as he moves forward in things. Also, an NIL event in Bloomington, I think this is interesting. I think this is a really good NIL deal. Uh, and I don't know what the financial side of it is. That's not what I mean uh, from that standpoint. But Jalen hood Shafino uh, on the men's side and Sydney Parrish, who's coming into the IU women's program, are going to be out at Community Cars in Bloomington on Saturday, October 15th from 10 a.m. to noon to sign autographs. It's Community Ford Lincoln uh, there on South Walnut Street in Bloomington. Autographs and pictures for fans. But this is a good NIL deal because the players are making some money, which is good for them. And the fans get a free opportunity to come out to a local business and the kids can meet, greet, get autographs, pictures, and those things, which is great to build excitement in advance of the season. And then for the Bloomington community and for the Bloomington business community, like this community Ford Lincoln uh, lot, they're going to get a real boost off of this. In mid-October, after Hoosier Hysteria, just before the season gets here, I think this is a good NIL opportunity. It provides value for the business that's obviously paying the money. It provides uh, income for the players, which I think is a great thing. And probably most importantly of all, it's a great PR opportunity for IU basketball and a meet and greet for kids and IU fans to see uh, some of the big names coming into the, uh, respectively, to the IU men's and women's programs this year. So neat deal. That's NIL done the right way, in my opinion. Those type of events are just, I think, winners for everybody involved. And I'd be surprised with Jalen hood Shafino and all the buzz that he's getting here uh, in the preseason for IU, expected to be a starter, uh, coming in with some big responsibilities, perhaps on his shoulders. I would be surprised if there's not a really big crowd out there to see him uh, on October 15th at that car lot. Also, Indiana coach Mike Woodson, I mentioned this earlier, a guest on the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. I love John Rothstein's podcast. He has a lot of the big-name coaches on, a lot of Big Ten coaches in advance of the season. And instead of hearing uh, them get peppered with questions from different media members and changing subjects, or instead of hearing them through other people, you get a full-fledged conversation about their specific team with John, who does a great job. So I've got Mike Woodson's interview with John Rothstein queued up, ready to listen to a little bit later today. But uh, he covers a lot of ground with him, I understand. Talks a lot about the schedule and expectations. Jump from this year, uh, from last year to this season, and who obviously steps up as a newcomer. So a lot of talk about Jalen hood Shafino there. But I understand Coach Woodson goes into some detail about the schedule and the mentality behind adding Kansas and getting some bigger games on the schedule this year as expectations for the team arrive as well. Indiana football entering week six as a major underdog as they will host number four ranked Michigan on noon Saturday. Uh, so big uh, uh, Michigan, a 22-point favorite I saw uh, yesterday, so very early on. That line, I think, maybe could grow. I'm not sure, but Indiana, obviously, with a lot of work cut out from them. It was announced yesterday that despite the fact I don't think the game's going to be a real close one, uh, the Fox Big Noon kickoff show is going to be based out of Bloomington, Indiana, hence the noon kickoff on Saturday for that game. And a, another college football note, I've been watching this from a distance, and because of Washington, the state of Washington being out on the West Coast, and because they play a lot later, 
it just has worked out a couple times this season that uh, maybe as you're getting ready for bed, you see some late-night football from the West Coast from that conference. And Washington and Michael Penix, former IU quarterback, have been on television. Kalen DeBoer, who once was on Tom Allen's staff and at one time was a very key member of the staff, uh, obviously moved on to take on his own program. Uh, first year for him at Washington, and uh, Michael Penix has stayed healthy to date and is having a really good season. And he, DeBoer, has really helped turn Washington into a title contender in their respective conference. So interesting to see, good for those guys, an IU connection there. But you just wonder what maybe could have been for Michael Penix had he been able to stay healthy uh, at Indiana instead of battling all the injuries that he had or that he did over the last few seasons. High school football this weekend, uh, not a real big game that stands out as far as a a must-see game. We had the New Albany-Jeff game last week, and obviously coming up, you've got the New North Harrison and Providence game, which is going to be a great one to close out the season. But I'll tell you one thing that stands out to me about Friday night, and I saw this put out yesterday from Clarksville High School on uh, later this month, uh, they are, coming up, excuse me, on Friday at Guy Newcomb Field, uh, Clarksville High School is going to honor uh, the 25th anniversary of their 1997 state runner-up team at halftime. And I think that is terrific. Anytime you can bring back a former player, a former coach, a former team that accomplished great things for that community, I think it's something you should do. So the Clarksville team really the last team from this area to have that kind of success, to have a big season, to get to a state championship team, if I remember correct, and I was a young kid when they played uh, 25 years ago. Heck, I would have been uh, 13 years old. But if uh, if I remember correctly, they played Jimtown and uh, were beaten pretty soundly, I think, in that championship game. But I think it's great to honor the legacy of Clarksville football. They had so many good teams some years ago. And I think it's good to do so with some progress that has been made in recent seasons under Coach Bozier as well at Clarksville. So neat to see that announcement. Uh, that will be a special thing on Friday night. Uh, for the, I know a lot of schools recently have brought back teams. Jeff had uh, their first team that beat New Albany, the first win ever over New Albany, a reunion uh, for that Jeff-New Albany game on Friday. A lot of those guys coming back in town. But just love to see some of that stuff. It ties the history of our high school sports and our communities together. And uh, it's a big piece of what I think makes a lot of our community so special and that high school sports still really do matter here in southern Indiana. And doing things like this, I think, is a great connection to the past. A couple other quick notes. I mentioned soccer sectional uh, taking place across the state, across the area. Big game last night, a uh, sectional first-round game, New Albany and Jeff. It was a 2-0 game of the regular season. And New Albany winning. Last night, New Albany won by a bigger margin, 5 nothing, And I believe now that sets up a New Albany-Floyd Central matchup in the semifinal round of the Seymour sectional. So always keeping an eye on those kind of things. Soccer, a fun sport, something that I have learned to enjoy recently and some uh, more recently in, se- in, in recent seasons. And always fun to take in some postseason soccer and to be some good games as the week moves on in Seymour. I mentioned some of the success of cross-country teams locally. Floyd Central uh, earlier this week uh, captured both the Hoosier Hills Conference boys and girls uh, uh, cross-country conference championships. And for the girls, their 11th straight uh, conference championship for the girls 
cross-country group at Floyd Central High School. That is just an amazing accomplishment. We'll head to a commercial break here on this Tuesday program. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with us. We'll talk IU football, Michigan game coming up on Saturday. We'll talk basketball and Hoosier hysteria on Friday night. No question, it's a big weekend in Bloomington. A lot of action with recruiting and Hoosier hysteria on Friday and all the football stuff on Saturday. We'll break it down next with Mike Schumann. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. On the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And welcome back. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, kind enough to join us on Tuesdays. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at daily underscore Hoosier. And, Mike, I know we need to start with football, but I really want to get to basketball because a lot of excitement coming up Friday night with Hoosier hysteria. And, obviously, with the football Hoosiers, a disappointing performance on the road at Nebraska and a really, really tough game coming up at home on Saturday with Michigan. Yeah, the, there's no doubt that that loss on Saturday night felt like a, um, you know, just it, it was one that could have really propelled the season. And without it, you feel like it, it's going to be really tough for Indiana to, to find you know, we're, we're at this point where we're, we're really just talking about a six-win season. It's, you know, they've had some better seasons here in the last five years, but six wins is kind of the, the remaining goal that's out there, I would say. And, and it's, it's hard to see even that at this point. You know, you got seven games left, and you really look at, you know, Purdue, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Maryland as the, the gettable games at this point. And, you know, throwing in Michigan State there is, I never would have thought that going into the season, but they've had their own share of struggles. But on on the, along those same lines, Maryland has been much better than I think people expected. None of those games are, you know, games Indiana's probably going to be favored in. Um, so really, just a tough slate the rest of the way, and just a just a fascinating turn of events with the program, just going all the way back to at Wisconsin in, in December 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that there's an answer to this question, Mike. How does Indiana football at least recover somewhat to not have a disastrous season at this point? I don't know if that's too strong or not, but given the slate of Big Ten games ahead and who the Hoosiers match up with in the always tough East Division, how does Indiana, what do they need to do or what successes must they have for this not to be just a total loss? Yeah, I mean, that... that is to me like the the question that that has to be answered right now i i just don't feel like they are a d- dynamic enough team to just flip a switch so to speak or at least they haven't showed it to this point um you know there's just nothing about this team that you know strikes fear in folks on either side of the football really that that i've seen 
they don't have like a dynamic playmaker that you know is always just gonna you know keep a defense on an edge um you know like they did when they had a healthy michael Penix. i mean he would throw some balls that you you know shake your head and be like how the heck did he fit that in there um you know playmakers on the field like a wop failure that just you know would catch pass after pass after pass um, they, they just don't have those guys. They got they have a lot of good guys, and, and they you know they they make plays here and there, but there's just no consistency in, in that offense whatsoever. Um, you know, some of that's obviously the offensive line, and, and some of that is due to, to injuries. I mean, you know, I, I think people get tired of hearing about injuries, and, and rightly so. Um, but it's always going to be especially significant for Indiana because they are, you know, not a particularly deep team in, in the context of, you know, the, the top tier teams in the Big Ten who can sustain injuries at a much higher rate than, than Indiana can. So losing your veteran right tackle and Matt Bedford in Week One, that that's going to loom over the, the the remainder of the season, and it, it certainly has. There's been issues at right tackle in, in every game since. So. It, 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 just to go back to the original question, it, it's really hard to kind of put your finger on how they're going to to get past this. It, it has to look something like those two drives late in the second half, or sorry, late in the first half against Nebraska, where, where the offense was just humming and you know scored two touchdowns. In pro- I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they were probably you know more than fifty yard drives in less than two minutes and. and you, you look at those and you think, wow, yeah, that that's different. That was like Kevin Wilson era. Just move the ball down the field, the defense is on their heels, and, and they score before you even know what hit them. But those have been kind of the exception rather than the norm. Um, getting back to the norm, maybe with a healthy D.J. Matthews and Kim Camper, it gets better. Maybe Connor Bazelak continues to get more comfortable in the system, but there's just nothing definitive out there that you just look at and think, yeah, that, that's what's going to put this team over the top. My question from the Thornton's text line, Jalen Lucas appears to be an athletic running back that could really help our offense. Why doesn't he get more time on the field? That's the question from the texter. Well, it's a great question. It's a timely question, and I think we're, you know, we're at the point where if, we, if we're sitting here next week and we still have that question, people are going to be howling because, you know, Everybody saw on Saturday night what the kid's capable of. You know, some of us saw it in August at fall camp. Um, and he's been used sparingly, but, but you saw when he got a chance in the open field, he has a shiftiness to his game that, you know, it's an overused term, but it, but it truly is elite. Like, his feet almost look like they don't even touch the ground. <laughs> and, you know... The buzz was there at halftime, and then he never saw the ball in the second half. So that part of it was strange. You know, we we asked him about it. You know, Seth Toe was there for uh, for us out there in Lincoln. He, he asked about, you know, why he didn't get the ball in the second half. Allen was asked about it again on, on Monday. Um, so, you know, and, and Allen acknowledged. Look, we we get it. We're we're on the same page. We got to find a way to get this kid the ball. So, if we're we're, we're sitting here in a week talking about Jalen Lucas needs to get the ball more again, then something something's not right. You know, I, I get it. He, he's like a five nine, hundred and seventy pound kid that just turned eighteen a week ago. But 
Alan said himself back in during fall camp, you know, fast is fast, whether it's 18 or 22, it doesn't really matter. So they, they've got to come up with wrinkles and a lot of wrinkles to get the ball in that kid's hands and just hope that he doesn't get hurt. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, a uh, couple other football topics, getting away from IU for a moment. Uh, the deal at Wisconsin with uh, Coach Christ uh, being fired here after the fifth game of the season, um, is is there more to this? And I don't follow Wisconsin football closely. I do keep an eye on the Big Ten, obviously, but he has a he leaves with a solid record. Uh, he's he's taken the Badgers to bowl games. I know that things have been in a downward trend here. I guess the last season and a half or so, definitely this season. I guess that's a fair comment. But is there more to this midseason firing of him, or is this just the world we're entering in coaching and college sports where? It's almost got a professional feel to it where if things aren't going well and fans are unhappy or boosters are threatening not giving money, you can the guy right in the middle of the season. He's the second Big Ten coach to to face that situation so far this year. Yeah, i got to admit when I saw that over the weekend, I I did a double take. It's like, you know, I, I know that they've had a couple rough games this year, although one was at Ohio State, which everybody has a rough game when they go to Columbus. So, um, you know, I, I came up with basically three possible explanations. Um, none of which are based on anything other than my own speculation, but you know, either he did something, um, and they're just kind of covering it up and kind of sending him on his way or, you know, the guy that they're putting in, as his interim coach, I, I've heard people say that he is actually the guy that they want to be the head coach, and so that they're being proactive and making sure that they get their next guy rather than lose him to, to the market in the off season. Or they're delusional. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the other <laughs> possibility because I, you know, if you look at his record versus the record of all the other Wisconsin coaches going back to Barry Alvarez, he, he did just as well as they did, including a 13-1 and season just a few years ago. Um, so if this is purely based on performance, then I, I would – performance on the field, then, then I would put it in that latter category. They're just delusional. There's there's no reason to think that, you know, because you're off to a little bit of a slow start that, you know, Wisconsin football has to panic because they're not in the running for the national championship. So those are the three that I came up with. Um, you know, it's just such a weird time in, in college sports and college football with, you know, so much money going around and, you know, who, who knows all the variables going into it. But I was definitely caught off guard by that. I will say that. Mike, one other football topic. I know this probably makes Indiana fans' uh, uh, situation a little worse, but Michael Penix is having a lot of success out at Washington. So is Kalen DeBoer, who once was a member of Tom Allen's coaching staff, a very key member of his staff at Indiana. And uh, they are already have matched last year's win total, and I know they're heading into a big game at the Rose Bowl with UCLA. I think it's a Friday night game. So uh, Penix is staying healthy, and that's something that, was a struggle for him in Indiana, but you can't help but see his results on the field there with DeBoer and wonder maybe what could have been at Indiana. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm sure it is frustrating for Indiana fans to, to watch what he's able to do. Although, I mean, Indiana got to experience some of that, just not on a consistent, you know, full year type, type basis. Um, but, you know, 
I'm I'm just happy for the guy because you know I, I had plenty of interactions with him over the last four years, and I will tell people that you know he he's as good of a kid as you could ask for. He's genuine. He's humble. He's nice. Um, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that you would want to see have this success, but you would you know want to finally have a season after four season ending injuries that you know. Um, goes his way like this and you know if it does turn out that he gets all the way through the season healthy and he continues to put up numbers like he is right now I mean he's going to play his way into the early part of the NFL draft so it would be a great story just unfortunate for Indiana fans that it didn't kind of finish out at IU but um, you know when he announced that he was going into the portal you know while it's always surprising to see your four-year starter or three-year starter, I guess, um, make that call, it's a little startling, but he, he just did need a, a fresh start. I mean, you, you can't just keep going through the same story, the same thing year after year um, at, at a place. Um, he was very comfortable with Kalen DeBoer, as you referenced, so it, it just made so much sense. And the, and the Pac-12 is just a little bit different style. It's a little bit more wide open. It's a little less physical. Um, so I think that fit him as well, and it's obviously all working out, and I, I couldn't be happier for the guy. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier, thedailyhoosier.com, uh, with me talking IU football. Let's get into basketball Maybe a little, I think, a lot more positive note for IU fans as the Hoosiers get ready for Hoosier hysteria on Friday night. I've got two big things that pop up every year when I think about Hoosier hysteria. Number one is, will there be any kind of scrimmage at all? And number two, who are the big name recruits that will be there? Because Hoosier hysteria, the way it's set up with the lights and smoke and sound show and uh, obviously G Herbo, the platinum recording rapper coming in for a performance afterwards it's definitely set up with a recruiting twist and i think that most people appreciate that uh can you answer those questions can you tell us uh, where there'll be a scrimmage have you heard anything and who are some of the big names coming in i know a lot of young uh, prospects going to be on campus for this one yeah it, it's a long list that i'm probably not going to be able to rattle off off the, the top of my head i think it's you know based on what i've seen conversation of that I've had, et cetera. It's, it's at least eight guys, maybe even nine or 10, um, recruits coming into town. So it's definitely a major weekend for the IU basketball program, just in terms of building relationships and things of that nature. Um, just I'll start rattling off names that I can remember here, like Raleigh Burgess out of Cincinnati, Ohio, um, the, the two twenty twenty three commits, Gabe Cops and Ja'Kai Newton, um, the two twenty five or twenty twenty five in state stars, Sicily and Harrelson, both were supposed to be there, but I think Harrelson might have some Team USA stuff, so Sicily will will be there. There's a six eleven kid out of Kentucky named Malachi Marino that they've been involved with for going back to the spring that, that he's expected to be there. I believe Cups. Um, team, high school teammate Jonathan Powell is going to be there. He, he, there's a kid out of Kentucky named EJ Walker that, that's supposed to be there. You might, you might have tested the links of my old brain to, to pull them all out <laughs> on, on on the spot here. I, I'm going to publish something towards the end of the week, which is kind of an overall 
uh, preview of the event, including, you know, recruits that are expected to be there. So people can look for that. But those are the ones I can recall off the top of my head. And I guess it's good to know, obviously, if you're an IU fan, that there are some really key people coming in. But it's a good mix because the recruits get to experience some of the traditions of Indiana on the campus and obviously always a good crowd, a good fan base, a good student section for an event like this. But it's got the more modern twist uh, with it that may be a typical IU game with the big crowd and some of the impressive things a recruit and their family might take with them. This has a little bit more of a modern twist on things than what a typical game does. Yeah, it is, and I'm I'm going to be interested to see what the turnout ends up being. I, when you know they have that fan fest event in August that has a lot of the same features with a shooting contest, dunk contest, scrimmage, etc. And I I my concern at the time was you know how will this impact Hoosier Asteria attendance? You know, a lot of the same people would come. Would they come twice? And, and the the main reason for having concern about that is because it's a major recruiting event. You wouldn't want to have all these kids on campus and have, you know, 5,000 people at your big event that kicks off your season. It wouldn't make a strong impression, but they've come back with the, as you mentioned, the G Herbo is going to be performing right after. And I think the hope is that that's going to draw in the student crowd as part of a heavy turnout there. So I think that could make it into something that, that does end up being pretty high profile and well attended, but that that's definitely something that I'm going to have my eye on on Friday night is just how many people actually turn out for this thing. And, um, you know, I, I think from the coaching staff perspective, something I've heard them say in, in years past that this is, you know, the more kids you invite from a recruiting standpoint, you know, just the less, time you have to spend with each one of them so that they clearly feel like they've got something special on the calendar for friday night to invite as many kids as they have because they're you know they're not going to get to spend a ton of time with them except for maybe ones that, that extend all the way through the weekend for for lengthy visits and i think a few are planning to do that which made another one just pop in my head Corey Badunga is going to be there he's a in-state or sort of in-state, kind of an international in-state um, five-star out of Kokomo. He'll be there, and I think he's playing in the state through, through Saturday as well. Um, so lots of variables going on, but I think it's going to be a fun weekend all around. You know, not just the Hoosier Steria, but you got, you know, again, the concerts. You got the Fox big kick, big noon kickoff on Saturday morning, although it's going to be freezing. Uh, and then you get a Michigan football game. So lots of going on in a very compacted window there for, for IU. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, you know, as we get ready for the college basketball season and Hoosier hysteria, we, we all are aware, we talk about it every day, you write about it every day, the excitement around IU basketball. And uh, the national college basketball guys are believers across the board for the most part in this team, that they could maybe win the Big Ten, that they could maybe be a top 15, top 10 team uh, in the co- in the college hoops world this year. You know, I was reading a piece uh, about the big winners and the big losers of the college basketball offseason, and Indiana was listed as one of the big winners this offseason because something happened that in the world of lots of professional options and transfer portal uh, becoming an all-too-common thing, Indiana did something that you just don't see all the time, and that's that 
the key pieces of their roster from last year basically all stuck around, headlined by Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson coming back, which I think at one point you could argue both of them, the sentiment was they likely would be gone. So Indiana not only getting some love out there about their roster and team for the upcoming season, but they kind of went about it differently. You don't always see the guys opt to stay and, and forego uh, so many different options for professional basketball nowadays and the transfer portal when you haven't had maybe the success you want or, or you're unsure about something it's easy to enter that and pick another destination for a year or two indiana kind of bucked the trend here i guess yeah they, they did and i think a lot of it has to do with just kind of the variables in the college basketball world right now and by extension the nba world i mean a, a guy like trace jackson davis 20 years ago probably would have been a pretty clear draft choice, but the, the factors that the league emphasizes, the, the skill sets that they put an emphasis on, you know, especially perimeter shooting, um, has kept him out of the draft here the, the, the last couple of years, so, so that's helped. Um, NIL, I think, has played a major role, because obviously, like, a Reese Thompson could be playing internationally right now if that was his... Um, preferred route, but but he can stay in college and make really good money um, via his name, image, and likeness. So I think those two factors played a significant role in in keeping those two on the roster for this year. You you could say that's a little bit of luck or just being kind of in the right place at the right time. But whatever the facts, um, they are both in fact back this year. And I, I you know, I, I think we're just in this dynamic in college basketball now where you know. If you got a big guy like Trace, or you know, there's a lot of examples out there that you know aren't aren't really regarded as perimeter shooters, but are dominant college basketball players. But those are good guys to have around because you're gonna you're gonna have them for you know maybe three, four, five years, whatever the case may be, um, and it, they're gonna generally be happy because they're they're making good money, and it, it's it, it's kind of goes back to like 80s college basketball where big men dominated any preseason all-america list you see this year you're going to see it just almost completely filled with big men because that that's where we we are you know all the guys that were dominant last year down on the block that aren't regarded as perimeter shooters are all back and they're all going to be even more dominant this year and so indiana really just benefited very significantly from that you know phenomenon that's going on in the game right now Mike, you know, Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen hood Shafino and Jordan Geronimo, there are others that really seem to get a lot of the chatter in the offseason from fans wanting to know, uh, you know, where they're going to fit in or how they've improved their games over the summer. But, you know, Race Thompson, how can he take his game to another level? Uh, how can he, uh, you know, maybe help get himself closer to professional basketball uh, what what would an increased role and a better race Thompson, in your estimation, look like this season for IU basketball? I mean, it, it's hard to say. With I mean, this is his sixth year in the program, so we've been, we've been watching this kid for for a long time. Or I guess he's a man at this point, isn't he? Um, but you know, I feel like he's incrementally made progress as he's been there. Clearly, but but. I feel like we've kind of seen who he is at this point. I, I think the one thing that could really separate himself is just, you know, we saw second half of last year him start to make threes at a higher clip. If 
that became something this year where it was a whole season on a bit higher volume type thing. Um, I, I think that could, you know, I, I don't see race as an NBA guy, but I think it could bolster his international prospects uh, pretty significantly. I mean, there, as people know, there's all kinds of tiers of international uh, play, international contracts that you can get. So you're, you're still kind of playing for that stuff. Um, you know, I think in the same, you know, the, being able to make perimeter shots factors into your attractiveness overseas as well. Um, so to me, that that's the main thing. Um, you know, he, he is who he is athletically. You know, he is who he is as a rebounder. And he's established himself in, in those regards. Um, but the, the one variable that's always been out there, I, I guess maybe a little bit better ball handling too. Um, you know, playing out on the at, on the four if he does in fact play a lot of four this year. Just you know, being able to you know not just be a spot up shooter out there, but to, to be able to take people off the bounce a little bit more uh, would, would be something that would play to his favor as well. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what he can do this year. But no matter what, I mean, he, he's a very valuable asset. You know, very very much the uh, the glue guy to to use the cliched term. All right, uh, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. One final question. I want to double back and get into some recruiting again with you. You mentioned Flory Bedunga from Kokomo. He's an international student, is one of the big headliners at Hoosier Hysteria. We had his Kokomo high school coach, John Peckinpah, on late last week, and I know that Kenya Hunter was there at Kokomo yesterday to watch him play in practice, and the entire coaching staff was there a week and a half or two ago to see him as well. So Indiana making a big push for him, and he's beginning to draw all sorts of interest. But a very intriguing player, a guy that I look at and think, man, he's got NBA potential, and that athleticism written all over him. Uh, But Indiana kind of really seeming to uh, focus in on him and give him a lot of attention. Yeah, he's a very interesting prospect. I mean, in, in my mind, I was thinking of him as a, you know, kind of that guy I was talking about earlier, you know, a big man that can't can't necessarily make shots from the perimeter at this stage of his career that could give you three, four years at the college level. I know others are, are thinking that, you know what, he, he's so next level on his uh, ability to run the floor and uh, play above the rim that even, even the NBA might look past his uh, inability to shoot at this point and just, you know, make a bet on the kid because he's that elite when it comes to his level of, uh, you know, physicalness, aggressiveness, all, all those intangibles on, on that side. Um, and so I I think, um, to your point, Indiana's going to do what they think that they can try to do with this guy. He, he plays for the Indiana Elite AAU program. He plays in state. Um, he's only been in the United States for uh, probably 15 months at this point. So, is he in state or not? You know, pr- probably not. His family's back in the, the Republic of Congo. So, um, it's so there's just so many interesting variables to, to his recruitment. Um, uh, but in, in my mind, unless you got some, if you're Mike Woodson and the staff, unless you got somebody telling you don't waste your time because there's some something unique here you, you go all in just because you know I, I think 
he is close. He's easy to get to for, like you said, visits for the whole staff, visits for, for Kenya Hunter, for him to come down for Hoosier Hysteria. You can build that relationship pretty quickly, and it, it seems like they are. So, you know, with that level of talent and that level of potential to impact your program, um, I, I think you, you almost have to make a push there, and it seems like they are doing that. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Always great, Mike, on Tuesdays. You bring so much to the show. I encourage everybody to read the dailyhoosier.com. Follow Mike on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier. Thank you. Uh, enjoy a busy weekend. I know you'll be all over the place covering things, and we'll check back with you next week. All right, Matt. Thank you. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. We'll head to a commercial break. Come back uh, with a couple high school football notes and wrap things up for the day. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Glad to have you with us. We'll be back every day this week at 11 a.m. to get you ready for Hoosier Hysteria and a big challenge for IU football as they host Michigan coming up on Saturday. A look at the high school football this week. I mentioned Clarksville uh, with a 25th reunion of the 1997 state runner-up team on Friday at Guy Newcomb Field. The Generals are going to host a solid North Harrison team uh, who is five and two on the season? Clarksville three and four uh, as they head into that contest on Friday night. Charlestown is at Salem. That is a Mid Southern Conference game. Floyd Central at a Hoosier Hills Conference battle with Jennings County. There have been some good signs for the Highlanders the last few weeks. They did get clipped by Bedford North Lawrence on Friday, but should have an opportunity to uh, possibly pick up a win against one and six Jennings County on Friday night. That would put the Highlanders right at a 500 record. Jeffersonville at 1-5 and five on the season. They desperately need some wins. They'll go at Columbus East, so it'll be a tough one Friday for the Devils, and they'll close out their regular season with Jennings County. New Albany, after that Jeff win, can they pick up some momentum over the final few weeks? They'll take on Seymour on Friday night, that game at New Albany. Seymour having a nice season at 5-2. and two. They've got the exact opposite of the two and five uh, record of the two and five Bulldogs, and of course New Albany and Floyd will close out the final week of the regular season on October 14th. Providence will play Cordon Central on Friday. Should be another victory for the Pioneers, who are five and one on the season. A chance for Providence to move on to six and one before a big game to close the season, the regular season, on the road at North Harrison the following week and Silver Creek this week, they will play host to Brownstown. So the three and four Dragons looking to go 500 on the year, uh, which is a good mark for them with all that they lost uh, from previous seasons. But they have a big challenge coming to Sellersburg with that Brownstown team. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Don't forget, if you miss our live show, you could always find this as a podcast. 
We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Have a great Tuesday. Talk to you Wednesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.